Welcome to the Mindset Mashup. I'm your host, Michelle Sorrow, TV host on Extra, master brand strategist, author on gratitude, and co-founder of Mindset Programs. And I dig deep to bring you closer to your best life in this lively, unfiltered, and heart-centered podcast. The Mindset Mashup is a compilation of real talks focused on epic mindset rituals and routines to help you get after your passion and potential. Tune in each Monday for inspirational guests who reveal their mindset must to help you optimize what matters most, self-love, impact, fulfillment. I'm so excited that you're here. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Mindset Mashup. Have I told you lately how grateful I am for you? This is so exciting to see this podcast grow. And obviously it's because of you guys, you subscribing, listening, sharing, giving feedback. I mean, I get some incredible emails from you, from people all around the world and the reviews. My gosh, you guys, if you haven't left a review yet and you've been enjoying the podcast or gleaned any value from it, by all means, I would love it if you'd head on over to iTunes or your Facebook favorite podcast player and leave a review. It means so much and and it enables me to get better and better guests. And I mean, all of my guests are so great. I don't know who could be better, but I do have an exciting announcement. Because this podcast is growing and because we've been putting the work in and I have such an incredible team, my producer Ginny and the whole team over in New York and Australia, I am super, super Excited to tell you that I have Tony Robbins coming on the podcast. Yes, that's right. My mentor, my earth angel. I am so excited. Um, he did say yes. It's not going to happen until the first of the year, but <laughs> stay tuned, guys. That's going to be fun and exciting. And if you've got any burning questions, I mean, no doubt, you know, if you if you follow this podcast, which of course you do, you probably follow him or have uh, maybe read a book or listened to his podcast or maybe even been to a live event or certainly seen him either on TV or possibly YouTube. I mean, there's just so much information out there. But of course, what I want to do is ask him a question that not everybody asks, or maybe somebody wouldn't have the balls to ask. So let's find out what lights this guy up. And if there's anything that you're just burning to know, send me a note. You can uh, reach me directly on my website, michelle-sorrow.com. And I would love to hear from you so that we can make it very collaborative. Of course, you can also hit me up on Instagram or Facebook. But my next guess is this is really special. And here's why. I'm recording this intro basically in real time. It's just a couple of days before it'll be released. And it's because Marla Mattinson was somebody that I didn't know. I I just, we hadn't ever crossed paths. And my producer, Ginny, is the one who introduced us via email and said, I think she'd be great for the podcast. And so, you know, we made the appointment, we had a chat, but it was during our chat. And of course I researched and I prepped and I do all what I normally do. But again, I didn't have a sense of her and who she really is and how we might connect. And about three quarters of the way through our talk, I just thought to myself, this woman is so rad. I want to be friends with her. And it turns out it was mutual. And we have now met a couple of times. We've had like multi-hour conversations where, you know, we've aligned in some areas. We've helped each other. She's the one who, by the way, she's the one who's sitting with her at a lunch last week said, why haven't you asked Tony Robbins to be on your podcast yet? And I said, because I'm scared scared, he'll say yes. And she was like, what? You ask him right now. And the reason I was scared that he would say yes is because I knew that he would say yes. And I was scared that like, oh my God, what if I'm not good enough? Well, that's bullshit. That's the very thing that we teach here, right? It's like, do the thing that scares you the most. Say yes when you don't feel ready. The how will work itself out. You'll get better and better and better. And besides that, Tony loves someone who works, someone who takes action, somebody who has gumption, somebody who's out there and wanting to serve. Tony's all about that. I mean, he's just, you know, it beautiful soul. So anyway, I know that about him, but I knew you, I just knew deep down that he was going to say yes, because I had supreme certainty, another mindset ritual. And by the way, I'm going to talk about all of this in a manifestation solo episode um, very, very soon, because that whole thing of him saying yes, and the whole journey of this podcast being inspired from his program, Date with Destiny, and now being here full circle, is just it's just been incredible. But back to Miss Marla, she's the one who said, why haven't you asked? him yet. So anyway, I sent a note 
to him that day. And then he said yes. So I'm very excited. But more importantly, I'm very excited for you to get to know Marla because she's a little quieter on social media, but she is a force of nature, a force of good. And I am honored and so proud that she's on the show. And I'm so completely honored that she's become a friend. And I'm super excited just for you guys to get to know her. So without further ado, please enjoy an extraordinary mind, a beautiful heart, and a stunning soul, Miss Marla Mattinson. Marla Mattinson is a relationship and intimacy expert specializing in coaching entrepreneurial couples using a non-traditional approach. She teaches couples how to uncover the hidden patterns in their relationship and business through neuroscience and mathematics. Over the course of her 23-year career, Marla has helped more than 12,000 couples, including Academy Award-winning actors, producers and directors, NBA players and coaches, Grammy Award-winning artists, and millionaire entrepreneurs. She works with her love life and business partner, Julian Kolker. And I'm just so thrilled and honored that you took the time to join the Mindset Mashup. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm truly, truly honored to be here. Well, it's amazing. So the last year of your life has really just kind of skyrocketed like a rocket ship that you're on. And I know that you mentioned part of that is, you know, due to the unfair advantage, also 23 years in the making. They always say that like any overnight success is probably two decades of grit. <laughs> but, you know, for you to be a contributing writer to entrepreneur, to be, you know, featured in some of the, the mega platforms that you've been featured in online and on air um, TV, what's it been like for you the last, like, let's say year or so? I have to to be honest, really uncomfortable. I'll just be totally honest. A lot of people think that I'm super excited to be really visible and be on TV and all of this. And really, I had to work at it because I was sort of the best kept secret for over 20 years. And people would come to me by referral. I never advertised once. I did a Facebook boost once for $20 just to see what would happen. <laughs> but that was it. And so, you know, I decided that, okay, it's time to really share more of this material with the world at large. And it's the vision that's flowing through me. And it's time for me to stop the stopping of the vision, right? To allow it to flow through. And part of that was to be more visible. And that became very clear a couple of years ago. And so I've taken a few programs to help me become more visible. And then I met Chris Winfield through Todd Herman. And basically that program helped me to just see the real truth of when you share your message with the world, more people want to hear about it. And so that was sort of part of the journey. And it was, it's been uncomfortable and I'm getting more and more comfortable with it. And again, if you watch me on TV, you probably wouldn't realize that it's uncomfortable, but the before and the after, <laughs> you, if you filmed that part, you'd get a bigger picture of what it really is like. Okay. Well, let's unpack that. I mean, we're at the mindset mashup because this is, this is the stuff that I love. And I know my listeners are obsessed with, which is the real time behind the scenes, right? This is what I break down all the time because what inspired me to even do this was because one of the people that I'm inspired by, and she's got a top podcast, her name is Lori Harder, and you're happy. She's a bit of a mentor, more than a friend to me. But she was the first person that I heard share real time when she's about to get on a stage and speak for Grant Cardone's 10X audience of 10,000 people in Vegas. And she wants to vomit because she's feeling like she's not good enough. And I'm like, how does she feel not good enough, right? You, 23 years of experience, absolute expert in your space, but you feel uncomfortable before you go on TV. So <laughs> What does that look like and how do you turn it around in real time? Beautiful question. I love this. This is the real. Mm -hmm. So here's what typically happens. So when I'm driving to a TV spot, typically Julian will drive so that I can just relax. And while I'm, quote, relaxing in the passenger seat, I'm also micromanaging and controlling his driving. And so I try to back up on that. But my form of getting ready has to do with relaxing. And what happens is I often get into a little gripping of wanting to control. <laughs> and so, you know, watch out for that or turn left here or whatever. And he just reminds me very lovingly, Spirit, I've got this. I've got you. I've got this. So it's a constant reminder that I'm safe. I'm okay. It's all going to work out. All you need to do is breathe. And you know this, you know your material. And so it's true though, I really do get very controlling when I feel out of control. And so that's one of the 
techniques that we use is a little bit of acknowledgement. Hey, obviously you're feeling a little out of control right now. You're needing to control. I've got this. I've got you and I've got this. And that allows me to just relax into the space. And he's very compassionate and patient with me when I get into that space because he knows that if he adds any fuel to my already you know, simmering fire, it will come back at him. And he obviously doesn't want that. And also it sort of off gases the intensity of what's happening in a way that's not productive. I want to be able to generate the energy to go on TV and to knock it out of the park and not off gas it by having a fight or having some sort of a drama with him. And so he doesn't take the bait. And that's part of our relationship dynamic is I'll sometimes throw a little bait out there, Mm -hmm. right? Like sometimes I'll wake up just on the wrong side of the bed and I'll I'll make a comment that's definitely a hook to try to get him to get in a little argument with me, just off gas all that. And he'll just laugh and he'll start to sing a little bit and he'll go, oh, I'm not falling for that, (laughs) right? And so he won't fall for it. And it's amazing. He's learned how not to fall for that. My guess is that wasn't there from the beginning. Right. We fell in a few potholes a few times, right? He took the bait a few times and tried to fix it and do what the men typically try to do instead of realizing, oh, wait, she's just got to like empty out right now. Exactly. 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 I love that. And he helps point it out. And then we, you know, then I'll go on the show. Everything is great. And then I know you understand this too. There's an adrenaline rush. Yes. So at the end of the show, it's like, oh, wow, that's the time to do a great Facebook live, by the way. Yes. Right after you just do a Facebook live with all your enthusiasm and all your excitement. And then then the negativity can set in, right? So one time I was on TV (laughs) in Los Angeles and I didn't say my spiel fast enough. And so they ended the segment a little early and I didn't get to talk about any solutions. I only talked about the problems. And this was all around the um, dealing with emotions after the shootings from, you know, the high schools and stuff. And I felt terrible that all I talked about were problems because that's not that's totally off brand for me, right? To only talk about problems. And so I was really beating myself up over that. And so Julian really had to help me to just calm down and make sure that I understood, hey, you did the best you could. You're going to learn from this experience and then take this into the next, which the absolute next TV appearance I did, we started with solutions. And so I learned from it and I pivoted and I you know, made some lemonade out of the lemons. But it's a challenge, right? Anytime you're called to the next level of visibility in your business, I think that that's something that how you show up along the way really matters. And if you can use it as a way to learn something and then elevate the next time, then it's helpful. Totally. And then what I always like to just suggest, because this has just been what's been working for me and it's, it's helped me soar recently is, and then all the sort of lemonade in the interim, share it, share it in real time. Because when people see someone like you or anyone who's getting after it, that they're inspired by share the real stuff behind the scenes of like, this is where I didn't do what I wanted to do, but this is how I was able to bring myself back to center and let myself, it's going to be okay. The world will go on. You know, it's not all about me or my solutions, right? Let's look at the positives and let's look look at the key learnings. But when we share in real time, that vulnerability is our true X factor. I mean, it really is. And people want to see more and more and more of that. Like nobody wants perfect. In fact, there's no such thing. It's this illusion. So listen, I can say that because I've now done almost 4,000 hours of television somewhere, somehow. That's a lot of TV. I didn't start there. For the first 18 months on air regularly, five days a week, I was this idea of who I thought I should be. And I look back and I'm like, oh, bless you, girl. You know? <laughs> I was learning in front of America, you know? And so, and, and so it was extremely humbling, but that forever showed me, oh, you can take on a beginner's mindset and be humbled by learning every single day. And in fact, people are endeared by that more now than ever. Wouldn't you agree? I would. I absolutely agree with that. And what happens is, what is so uncomfortable? It's the ego. The ego is getting burned up alive, right? When you're going through that discomfort. And so for me, I know that. So I really allow that to happen. Like, oh, look at me burning up my ego because 
it's the part of me that is so offended or horrified or, you know, nervous and freaked out and all of that, because the real God part of me, the God self is what we call it, right? The real source centered inner elder, the part who's like really calm and just knows exactly that everything is happening the way it needs to for everyone's greatest good. That part of me is always fine. That's the part of me. So Julian, for example, will use that because he knows I can call on my God self anytime, even in the middle of a conflict. He'll say to me, hey, can I talk to God self, Marla? And I'll literally move to the side and go, yeah, what do you need? And, and no matter what phase I'm in, in a conflict, in a challenge, freaking out over something, if he calls on my God self, I will literally move to the side and say, yeah, what do you need? And then we'll literally have a conversation as if it's a different part of me. And he'll ask me, what should I do with Marla right now? Because she's acting a little cray cray and I really want to connect with her. What's the best thing to say? And it's kind of a playful thing we do, right? In the middle of a challenge. And I'll tell him, because I know what I need, what needs to happen, but I secretly don't want him to know. I want him to figure it out on his own because that's just, you know, old habits, right? He should know what I want, all of that. He should read my mind. Yeah, he should read my mind. You've been here all this time, right? Yeah, you should know already what to do, but he still doesn't every once in a while. So he'll ask and I'll tell him and then he still gets credit for it. So we'll go back into the conflict and he'll say exactly what I asked him to say and I let it in. I let it in and I go, oh, I like that question. And I'll validate it. I'll, oh, that's a good question. I'm glad you asked that. And then I answer <laughs> it and we just have fun with it because it breaks up the monotony of a, of a fight, right? Of a challenge. We're human and we're both intense people, very intense, powerful, ambitious people. And when you get two people like that together, there's going to be a conflict. I mean, that's one of the greatest things about having a polarizing kind of a relationship I don't want to be with me. I want to be with somebody different than me. So we have differences, different needs, different opinions, different desires. And so when you have that, eventually there's going to be a little challenge there somewhere. So we like that thing. And then we take that into, we'll take it into the bedroom. We'll take it into, <laughs> into the business, right? We'll share all of that with our clients. And it's really, really helpful to see that we're real people. And I don't have to be some perfect version of me. I get to be who I really am. Right. Well, oh my gosh, there's so much to unpack just right there. This is like a couple session, regardless of whether or not we're in a couple, right? I'm single right now. A lot of my listeners are singles and a lot of them are married. Um, so I really want this conversation to be mindset that is not just applied to couples, right? Or not just to entrepreneurs or Grammy winning artists. This is for everyday people because let's face it, guys, they are everyday people. And everybody's got the same set of issues and insecurities and chokeholds and pain points. And so, you know, let's not get, too, I don't want to get too caught up in like the stardom of all of it, but, but I have a couple things I just want to ask you just based on what you said as a single woman. Um, I want to know, first of all, fundamentally, do you believe relationships are work? Great question. Relationships that are based in growth, relationships that are based in becoming the best version of yourself in this world and living with the highest degree of integrity and excellence are work. They are work of love. They are the work that you want to do. They're the work that, that it's like opening your heart is something that you have to choose to do because really the default setting is that when we get hurt, we close down. It's, it's literally biological. I mean, part of my background is in neuroscience. And so whenever we feel threatened in any way, shape, or form, it can be a, a, a physical threat. It can be an emotional threat, a spiritual threat. It can be anything. What happens on a physiological level is in the brain, we get a cascade of chemicals that sends a message to say, shut it down. Everybody, it's not safe. Just push everybody away. You better do this on your own, right? That's our default settings as humans. That's the biological evolution of what we've developed. So is it work? Yes, it's work to stay open. Whether you're single, whether you're in a relationship, no matter what you're doing, it's work to stay open. But it's the work, it's the passion of your life. Like, don't you want to be the most open, loving version of yourself and to be around friends and people who are also developing that in themselves? So the work, it's kind of like parenting. Parenting is work if you spend that five minutes when your kid 
needs that attention. It's not 24 hours a day. It's when they need the attention. So work in the form of relationship building or uh, friendship building. Friendships are not work except maybe, I don't know, a few minutes of the day, right? Where you're focusing on it and you're focusing on being that best version of yourself. Totally. And then I guess the distinction would also be what kind of work, right? Because if it's like a labor of love, if it's growth work, um, if it's love work, that's different than hard work. That's exactly right. So it's work with a purpose. So what we do is, you know, we use every single conflict as a way to connect deeper. We, we use the, um, and you can do this whether you're single or whether you're in a relationship, we use every interaction that's challenging as a way to know ourselves deeper. So the relationship is the vehicle for our own personal individual growth. And you can use your business as the vehicle for your personal growth. You can use your relationship with your body and your health. You can use your financial relationship as a way to look at how you're growing in your life. You can use any connection with the outside world as a way to grow on a personal level. We happen to use our business and our relationship as the biggest vehicles for our own personal growth. And so that's what we practice on a daily and that's what we teach. Well, they're the ultimate barometer, right? I yeah. mean, e- even your business, if you really distill it down, it's relationship-based. And, you know, people don't want to work with people they don't like or trust. It's just bottom line. Um, people don't want to be in relationships with people they don't like and trust. Um, so everything is relationship-based. That's right. It's so fascinating to me. I'm just thinking about something that I just read the other day, or maybe I heard him say it, um, another one of our masters that we like to follow, Gary Vaynerchuk. He's a, obviously a very modern progressive marketer and quite good at what he does on so many levels. But he talked about how, like in social media, for example, if he sees like a million likes, but no comments or actual engagement, there's something to look at there. Not to judge it as a passerby, but as the person who's posting, it's like, are people engaging or are they just liking? And that's like a whole nother level, but it speaks to, are you engaging on others? Are you giving as much as you hope to receive? And it's like, I'm just, and also, by the way, I don't know about you, I'm noticing, well, why is there so much engagement on one platform, but not another? But it's all relationship-based and like how you grew up. Like I grew up on Facebook, right? Not grew up on it, but got into Facebook as a young adult. So there, there's this engagement and I could, I could post the same thing, but over, over on Instagram, it's like, wait, it's not quite the same, but it's just, they're different platforms. But again, understanding who your audience is, who your relationships are and nourishing those. Would you agree? I would. And I would say, you know, if we can define intimacy, okay. So, so what you're talking about is people can like something that's not an intimate exchange. Right. An intimate exchange on social media, for example, is if you share somebody's material and you comment on it, uh, right? You don't just share it, but you share it and comment, hey, here's why I liked this. Here's why I'm sharing it. Uh, or if you're commenting on someone or you, uh, you share and comment based on somebody else's comments and you're really engaging in the work. That's an, a, one form of intimacy. And what we like to define as in, in intimacy in terms of relationship, whether again, whether you're single or whether you're in a relationship, is sharing the truth of how you feel and your experience of this person, let's say it's a friend or a family member or, or someone you work with, sharing the real truth in service of something greater, in service of growth, in service of a purpose, in service of a deeper relationship. And the other side of it is being able to receive all of that. So being able to receive the truth of how someone else is experiencing you, being able to receive the truth of somebody else's experience that may not be so favorable. And if you can practice that in your friendships, right, which is the best place to practice for relationship, if you can practice sharing the truth and receiving the truth in service of love and growth, then you are totally set up for the most phenomenal relationship because that's where real freedom comes in is if you can really receive a hundred percent of what your partner really has to say about you and how you're they're being impacted by you. 
So key. I have a question then this would lead me to, um, it seems that the more and more people that I know that have become um, really focused on growth and love, as you would call it, um, some of their friendships for life, their relationships have started to change, get edited. Um, there's no longer space for that old type of connection, right? It, they're starting to look at relationships off of a basis of, is it energizing? Is it de-energizing? Does it fill me? Does it not? Do I? So there's all kinds of that going on, but at the same time, then you want to balance what you just mentioned here, which is, can I really hear them, hear the, the impact that let's even say my growth and my love is making on them and how it's making them feel while not taking ownership of that. It's, you understand like this can be a conundrum of like, there's one thing to be said, and maybe I'm speaking from personal experience, but that's okay. We'll use me as a science project. It's like, but wait, those friendships don't serve me. But at the same time, I know I need to hear and care, but, but it feels exhausting to be over there. Well, they do serve you. Those relationships do still serve. They just serve in the negative. They serve in keeping you smaller. They serve in keeping you connected to old habits and old patterns. They serve in a way that's not in service to your growth. They're serving in the way that allows you to stay into the more the older version of yourself, the not the the not upgraded version. So, but the, the idea here is not that you have to cut off all your relationships. Right. Right. The idea is that. You ask yourself genuinely, am I, do I feel uplifted? Like you said, am I energized? Do I feel uplifted after my interaction with this person? If the answer is yes, keep going. If the answer is no, then if someone is um, open for receiving feedback, first of all, you have to ask, are you open to receiving some feedback about our relationship? Because I would like to go deeper with you. I would like to share more of my truth about how I feel about things? Is this something that you're open to? If they're a yes, then maybe it's just that neither one of you had the courage to speak the truth, but you give it a chance and then, wow, it starts to grow. Okay. So you have to ask, are you open to talking about having a more uplifting friendship? Right. And that could change everything. If the person's not open to it, that still might be okay because you have to ask yourself, can I enjoy this person and just let them be who they are without trying to change them? Can I just enjoy the fact that I've been friends with this person for a whole lifetime and not talk about business, not talk about growth? Let's talk about food and travel and other things that are not so pokey, right? I don't have to have a growth mindset with every single person. Is there something I really enjoy about this person? And if the answer is yes, then stop trying to change everybody in your life and just let people be who they are and enjoy them. And if you can't, then put it aside, just stop responding to that person, you know, or respond in a very short way that makes it clear that you don't really want to engage. You don't have to make some big, bold statement. Oh, I only have growth mindset people in my life now. No, don't do that. Right. Just enjoy people for who they are. Watch your own judgments. Use it as a way to go deeper in burning up your own ego inside that you're the one that knows everything and you're so evolved. Well, you know, a friend of mine used to text me every once in a while and to randomly to say, Marla, you're not that evolved. <laughs> Marla, <laughs> you're not that spiritual. Marla, I just spoke with 10 of your friends at Whole Foods and they all said they hate you, right? Because she was playing around <laughs> with my ego, which I really appreciated. In the moment, I actually got a physical response like, oh my God, is that true? And it like burned up part of my ego. So that was in service. It was really fun. I love that, you know, and also going back to like remembering why you might've sought out that particular connection and what was going on in your life at the time. Like sometimes we were five and we didn't know better. Right. Or sometimes we were like 22 and just finishing college and just desperately, you know, we're looking for new friends in a new city because you move somewhere for a new job or, or whatever it might be. Or like in my past, like, Oh, well that I used to do happy hour with them and smoke cigarettes and complain and gossip, but that's not what I'm doing now. You know? So, you know, so there, there, you know, we evolve and some will still stay in no matter what. You're like, oh my God, go and have all those drinks, smoke all those cigarettes. I still love you because you're just, you, you add so much joy to my life, right? So that they're not coming in with the negativity, but you're right. You don't have to throw them all out and like eradicate like an entire set of friends, but it's like understanding clearly what the quality of that connection means for you by being super radically self-honest and being able to hear it. 
Yes. And giving people a chance because sometimes if both people in this friendship, for example, are nervous about speaking the truth, if nobody speaks the truth, the relationship will dissolve. So if you're the one that's so growth minded, then have the courage to speak the truth and say, Hey, I'm not enjoying this part of our friendship. Is there a way that we can talk about shifting something? Like I have a friend that we've been friends since she was 16 and I was 17. And we've gone through many incarnations of our friendship. And at one point I ended the friendship for integrity reasons. And then she came back around a few years later and we reconvened and, and worked through all of it, hashed through everything. And so we've gone through these different up levels because we both separately have had the courage to speak the truth. And so, you know, you, you get a sense of who is really available for the truth in your life and how open are they to really receiving that when you have the courage to speak the truth and listen to the truth. It is so true. There's a couple of people right now in my life, and I know that so many listeners can relate to this, where it's like you have the courage to step out and say, hey, it feels like some things are shifting. Is there anything that you want to talk about? Because like, let's say you're just, you really don't know what's going on. You just know that they're withdrawing. They're, you know, off the radar. And, but you, you want to nurture it. And, um, and I've, I've done this many occasions where I'm like, I'm just checking in. Is there anything that's unresolved? Is there anything that I should know about? Is there anything you want to talk about? And they say, nope, nope. Don't even know what you're talking about. And you're like, oh, this is such bullshit. Yes, there is, you know, but they don't. And then they won't, and they still stay disengaged. And then you're like, you know what? That's for them to figure it out. You know, it's like, I'm here. I made myself open. And I guess that's what I would encourage anyone listening. If you're in that spot right now, it's a little tricky and you don't know what to do. Don't preserve it just for title, right? Or posterity. It's like, that's selling yourself out. It's like, be courageous, be brave, which really is just being honest, right? Being willing to check in. And if they're still acting like they don't know what you're talking about, like you're crazy, but yet their their behavior is the same, which is nothing like what it once was when this wasn't brought up then maybe that's just a sign of like, okay, maybe just let it go for now. But like, if it's a friendship like yours, it might come back around, but that's okay too. And if it doesn't, that's okay. But I want a relationship that we can have those hard conversations. We can be honest because we're so growth minded and we care about one another and we want to know what's what's really going on. Not the surface bullshit, give you a heart on Instagram. Yes, exactly. And there's a way to word it that okay, give is, it to us. Yeah, that is more likely to get the response you're looking for. And that is about taking personal responsibility for how you're feeling. So for example, you could say something like, hey, I've been feeling really disconnected from us and our friendship. And I'm feeling like I don't really know who you are anymore. I feel like you might not really know exactly how who I've turned into, like what I've been doing in my life. It feels like we're kind of moving in different directions and I love you and I care about you and I care about us. And I would love to get back on the same page if possible. Is that something you're open to? Right? Ask a question. So first starting with, I've been feeling disconnected. I've been feeling isolated. I've Something where they can just relate to you. So I've been feeling like this. And this works fabulous in relationship, by the way. So if you are asking your partner, especially a woman to a man, by the way, if you're saying, hey, are you angry right now? Are you upset right now? Their answer will be no. Because anger for a man looks a certain way to him. And anger for a woman feels a certain way. We can feel if they're frustrated or angry or, you know, irritated, and they might not label it as anger. So if you say, hey, I'm feeling a little uncomfortable right now. Is there anything that you would like to talk about? I'm feeling like there's a little tension going on. Is that, is that actually happening or no? Do you feel tense right now? So you can ask it in a way that it's, it's claiming I'm feeling this and then checking in. Is that what's going on? And if they say no, just believe it. Okay. Just checking. Let me know if you realize that's changed or uh, otherwise we'll just move on. And in the friendship realm, again, I'm feeling disconnected. I'm feeling isolated. Is this something you'd like to work on with me together? Right. And so then it's easier for somebody to come towards you when you're not pointing the finger at them saying that they're the problem. Right. I love that. Right. A hundred percent ownership. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Such a key distinction. You talk about the best friend bond with your 
lover partner. Um, what is that? The best friend bond is, so you know how in relationship, everything ebbs and flows, right? So sexuality and intensity and passion is at an all-time high. And then suddenly you get really busy and it goes on a downhill slide. So on that downhill slide, if you have not been cultivating a best friend bond with your partner, then those downhill slides feel very isolating. They feel like you're becoming separate people. And if, on the other hand, if you've been creating this best friend bond, which means you have new experiences together, you're curious about each other, you don't assume, oh, I know how he's going to respond. I know what she's going to do here. You may be right, but if you leave a little bit of opening to say, I'm not sure what's going to happen here. Then you leave room for a new experience. And so creating new experiences together and creating a a scenario where you just want to be together, where you're creating time together in your schedule where you're like, this is just best friend time. Let's create... Like, what would you do with your best friend? Maybe you'd go play miniature golf. Maybe you'd go swimming in the ocean. Maybe you'd take a little weekend trip together, right? Like, what would you do? You'd go watch the stars, go for a walk, right? Go to a coffee hang. Like, do those things with your best friend. Because if you create that best friend bond, then basically there was this research study done in the UK. It was an international study. And they found that if you have that best friend connection with your lover, with your partner, you get twice as much life satisfaction, twice as much. I mean, it's a little insane to think that your happiness level is connected to how much of a friendship bond you're creating with your life partner. Mm, beautiful. Now, what about though the people that might be worried that if they create too much of a best friend bond, that their relationship loses the passion and the polarity? Yes, that is a danger zone, right? You definitely don't want to do the friend zone, issue, <laughs> right? And this has to do with being what we call unapologetic and unapologetically kind, right? You don't want to be unapologetically a jerk. You want to be unapologetic with kindness, which means you're willing to speak the truth. So to keep that polarizing energy, which you need in a partnership that has sex, okay? If you want to have passion in your relationship and create the best friend bond, then what you have to do is you have to be so willing to speak the truth to your partner. You have to be willing to say, hey, I don't like how that went down. That did not feel good. Instead, I would love for you to show up like this. Or I'm feeling really sensitive today. So I just want to let you know that if you come at me with anything other than total love and kindness, I'm totally going to pick a fight with you. Like you have to be really honest. You have to know yourself. And then you have to be able to speak those kind of truths and hear those kind of truths. And the idea here is that the foundation is that all feedback, all feedback is love. All feedback, even, even negative comments on social media, negative things that are coming in your direction. If you view that all feedback is love, every human wants happiness and peace and love in their life. So if one person makes a negative comment, for example, on my social media, that's coming from their suffering and their pain. And somehow it's making them feel better about themselves. This is an unhealthy dynamic, but they're feeling better about themselves to put me down. Okay. I see the truth of that. That's true. I don't know if you saw the Sarah Silverman post where some guy called her the C word, right? On her social media. And she turned the whole thing around by just having that exact a uh, sense of feeling like, oh, all feedback is love. She didn't say that, but that's what she did. And she turned the whole thing around into this beautiful exchange. It was amazing. It really was. It was on Twitter. Actually, I'll see if we can even include it in the show notes because it's such a great microcosm example of what's possible when we can actually put ourselves into someone else's shoes. And she basically just saw him as someone who was hurting and who was needing connection and love. And because only someone who would say something like that is feeling that broken, right? Yes. And, and that's the mindset oh, you need. So right? beautiful. And if you're going to go big in your business, if, you're, if you have a message to get out into the world and you can't receive feedback that's negative, guess what? You're going to crumble. You need the mindset of openness. You need the mindset that all feedback is love. And when you practice that, 
you don't take anything personally anymore. That's not really true. You take it personally for a hot second and then you remember the truth. All feedback is love. And that's the foundation. Well, and there's, there's discernment, right? Like you can certainly have an awareness and a philosophical point of view of that all feedback is love, but it doesn't mean that you'll spend a lot of personal quality time with that person. Right? That's there's right. discernment, there's boundaries, there's standards. And I think that, I mean, and you can do all that in love and in peace and in, in graciousness, um, knowing that it really is all love. But I think that where some people can get, I live in Santa Monica and where do you, I know you're in LA. Where are you? I'm in, in Venice at the beach. Oh my God. Well, we what? have to meet up for coffee. Definitely. Um, or juice or whatever you do. But when you <laughs> talked about a coffee date, I was like, oh, I think she's a coffee girl. I am um, recently back into coffee. I was doing the Red Bull thing, Marla, for years. I got I've never had one. You don't ever want to start it. I th- I've never done a drug, like a real drug in my life, but I, I'm pretty sure it's like crack cocaine. Like it, like I got addicted in the overnights when I was on air in the overnights and you know, it wasn't just up all night. I was on air all night and everybody drank Red Bull and then it became like a real thing. So it was only about a month ago where I let it go. And I still feel like a walking zombie, but the coffee is I'm so grateful for coffee. I know. I know it's so good. <laughs> oh, so let's have a coffee. But anyway, um, especially in Santa Monica, a bunch of yogis and vegans. And I say this with total love because um, half of them are my friends. But there is a lack of boundaries and a lack of discernment. It's like, woo, woo, we, oh, but we're all love. It's oh, no. Like, yes. And at the same time, you want to check in with yourself. You know, how do you feel around this person? And like, you know, Again, like getting back to that mindset. Yes, it's love. Yes, be sure that you are self-aware enough to know your own boundaries and discernment. Thank you for saying that because you can probably tell with the tone of my voice, but what I mean by this (laughs) (laughs) very clearly, what I mean by this is clear boundaries it's also love. Like when you have the courage to speak to your friends and tell them the truth about how you're experiencing them and what's happening with you, that's setting a clear boundary. Like for example, I was at an event a few weeks ago, amazing event. And there was this woman that was talking with um, me and Julian. We were standing right by a table where we couldn't back up anymore. Okay. This woman started moving closer to us and literally encroaching on our physical space while we were all talking, the three of us. She was a lovely woman, but she was totally unclear about literal physical boundaries. And so I am unapologetic and I will make my requests. She doesn't have to do anything about it. I can make my own decisions about her response. But what I said was, hey, can I get a little bit more personal space here? Would you be willing to back up a little bit here? I feel a little encroached on here. And she didn't even have any idea that was happening. And she backed up and I said, thank you. But how many of us would just let that pass and just let somebody move closer and closer and closer to us without saying something or just backing up and maneuvering around to the side and dosy doing around it, right? Instead, I use my words and I'm very, very clear. Anybody who's in my physical or energetic field knows Marla has clear boundaries. Uh, there's never going to be a time where somebody will say or do something to me that feels off that I will not comment on or let somebody know, hey, you know what? That didn't feel very good to me. Can we, sh- can we shift this? And actually, this is one of the techniques that Julian and I have is called the redo, that you can actually ask for a redo on something in the moment. I like, love hey, that. I didn't enjoy that. Julian uses this with me all the time because I get a real nasty tone in my voice every once in a while when I feel like overwhelmed. And so he'll say, babe, can I get a redo from you on that? And can you just say it with a little more kindness in your voice? And I'll shake it off and, you know, and I'll reenact the exact same scenario, but with love and playfulness and kindness in my voice. So it's something that you can do on the spot. You don't even have to have somebody who knows what a redo is. You just ask for it. Oh, wait, that didn't feel good. I didn't show up so great. Can I get a redo on that? And people will just, people are very generous. Sure. Yeah. Let's, okay, let's see. And you just say it in a much better, more kind, connecting way. And everybody feels great. And that literally will rewire your brain in the moment. You rewire your neurological connections when you redo it in the moment. It's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And I love that. And it, in it, and being able to hear someone even suggest that or um, request that from you and then being able to monitor our own reactions, right? Like, 
for those listening, if you don't like it when someone would ask for a redo because you think you've done something bad and wrong, that's something to look at, right? Like that's something to love about yourself. It's like, can I be open to feedback that's honest and real? Because if they're offering this to me, it's done from love. It's because they're feeling that the quality of our connection has been compromised potentially in this moment, but they love me so much. that They just want to redo because they know that I could probably, if I'm conscious to what that might've landed for them, like that I would do it over myself, but right now I'm not aware or I'm so tight and constricted that I don't care as much. And so I've got a loving partner or friend or family member or business partner. That's like, can I get a redo on that one? Like, right. That's just like an instant mindset shift. I love that. Yeah. And we have a, we have a four step process on checking in to see how open you are to receiving. So I know a lot of your listeners are really into manifesting and calling in their, their desires and the reality, right? To make it in their three-dimensional world that they can actually have what they want, right? And using the mindset to do that. So would you like to hear the, the four questions? Yeah. Okay. It's super easy and fun. What do you call oh, this? Checking into how open are you to receive? How open am I to receiving? Like the receiving game. Okay. Okay. So question number one is literally how open am I to receiving in this moment? So what does that mean? That means you want to check in with yourself. Are you thinking about what you're eating for lunch? Are you worried about something in your relationship or your business? Are you freaking out about something? How much capacity do you have out of a hundred percent availability to receive? How much is your capacity in this moment? Right? Like, are you running your yoga class? Are you right? What's happening? So out of 100%, rarely is anybody at 100% open to receive. So maybe it's 50%. We'll just go on the small side, right? Uh, maybe 50% open to receiving. Great. Okay. The second question is, how much can you receive? How much can you receive? And what do I mean by that? I mean the good, the bad, and the ugly. Meaning, how much can you receive if I'm getting on a call with you and I'm going to give you some feedback on things that I was not happy with? How much can you receive? Can you receive all the good and bad and the ugly? So it might be good things. It might be things that feed your ego. It might be things that kind of you know diminish the ego a little bit. How open are you to receiving that real information? How much can you receive? Okay. Then the fourth question is how fast can you receive it? How fast? So how quickly can you allow something negative, a negative feedback to come in and move right through you? How fast can you allow that? Even joy. How much, how fast can you allow positive feedback to come in and not try to cling to it? Just let it come in and move through you fast. How, how fast can you receive? And then the last question, how easy can you allow it to be? Mm. So right? How easy can you allow the receiving to be? So being open to it, how much I can allow in. Like when people say, oh my God, I can't believe I brought in this amount of money this, this month, or I can't believe that I got the man of my dreams. If you say, I can't believe it, you know this, you're pushing it away. It's going away. It, of course you can believe it. You've been practicing. This is what you've been dreaming about, right? Of course you can believe it. So you want to allow it easily to come mm, in. I so love how, that. Right? How yes. open are you? How much can you receive of everything? And nothing gets stuck because it moves through so fast and it's so easy. It's really effortless. And that's how you allow more and more and more to come into your life. Okay, wait, I want to make sure I got them. So the four is, how open am I? What's my capacity right now in like a one to a hundred, right? Yes. And then how much can I receive? And then how easy can I let it be? What's the fourth one? I'm missing something. The fast was the third one. How oh, fast can you allow it? Oh, instantly. Girl, I'm calling in my man. <laughs> exactly. Yes, yes. Yes. Right now. <laughs> and here's, okay, so here's, so this was great. So Julian and I were at the Post Ranch Inn, which is this fabulous, right place in Big Sur. If you ever get a chance to go, go. I'm fully um, aware of Big Sur. Yes. I have a very special connection to that place. Oh. I, I won't even go on the grounds. And I know it's been open for well over 10 years, but I won't even go on the grounds until I go there with my husband. I'm oh. saving it. Big Sur is my most sacred place. And I'll, I've been to every other place there, but I won't go to that. Post like, ranch. It's, it's oh. been over a decade now. Like I could it's time. Much. It's time, right? 
Okay. Yes. So we're, so he and I were going soon, but anyway, so you're at Post Ranch Inn. I just can't out of all the places in the world, you bring up the one place that the one and only place I've been saving because I don't save anything. I just go and do and I enjoy for myself. Right. But that's the one place that's been sacred to me. So, oh, oh. and it is, it is stunning. It is a yes. stunning location yes. and uh, everything they do there is phenomenal. Yes. Um, we lead private retreats there for couples oh, and individuals. Amazing. Yeah. It's beautiful. Um, so we were getting a double massage. Their massage spa room is phenomenal. So we were getting double massages in the same room and Julian starts asking me, I'm, we're laying face down. Okay. He's with two different <laughs> massage therapists and he goes, Marla, how open are you to receive? And I said, a hundred percent open. And then he says, how much can you receive? And I said, infinite. And he (laughs) said, how fast can you receive it? And I said, instantly. And he said, how easy can you allow it to be? And I said, effortless. And we just kept going back and forth saying that to each other during the massage. And then the therapists were just flipping out and they were just blown away. It was the most beautiful experience. And so I'm going to plant that seed for you (laughs) that you and your sweetheart have double massages (sighs) receiving infinitely beautiful together. Well, what I love about that is that you took the experience to hold in the level of connection and partnership and that best friend bond on steroids in a (laughs) five-star luxury, you know, destination. But it's like, it's the quality of that conversation and the answers and that you guys were ping-ponging back and forth to really elevate what was already amongst many, right? The unanimous would be like, it doesn't get better than this. No, wait, let's, Julian and Marla are going to take it to a whole new level. Let, <laughs> let's show you how. Right? Yeah. Because it's, because life is so much better when we share it with others. And when you can get underneath the hood of the car, right? Like inside the heart. So you're already just like sprawled out. You're in Big Sur. You're overlooking the ocean. You're in like five-star treatment, right? Next to the love of your life. But let's now even just make it that much yummier. And that's what we're talking about. Mm. How much can you receive? There's always more. Mm. Honestly, Michelle, so there are more. right. There are more opportunities than we can even fulfill. There are opportunities everywhere. And when you have the mindset that you receive on a daily basis, I'm open to receiving the truth about anything and everything. And Mm -hmm. we're constantly looking around in our personal private lives. Where am I even a little out of integrity? Mm -hmm. And how can we clean that up immediately? Because that allows for a larger and larger capacity to receive. Yes. Can I just say one more thing about receiving? Yes. Okay. I love this. So I studied with a gentleman named Brew Joy many, many years ago, and he did this very heart-centered work. And so he had us receiving through the heart center. And I literally was feeling physical pain. It hurt. And so he said, well, describe to me, what are you doing? What does it look like? And I said, well, it looks like like a PVC pipe coming out of my heart and the, the it's flowing in and out. And he was like, oh, all you have to do is make it bigger, make that PVC pipe bigger and more malleable. And I like took this huge deep breath in. (sighs) Oh my God, I didn't realize that it, it, it could flow like that. I was trying to control what was coming in and going out. And you can't control what goes in and out without limiting what goes in and out. Mm. So it's like instead of having this small sort of impenetrable surface, very small circumference, you know, tube, you open it to just be like flowy and malleable and like infinite. Yes. Right. How open are you? How big can it be? How fast can it come? And what was easy. It? Yeah, easy. Yes. I love that. That's really good. It was amazing. And by the way, you can receive in the heart center from the front, from the back, from the sides. It's, it's a three-dimensional and it's actually a multi-dimensional experience. You can receive spherically all around you, receiving in and sending out. Mm. Beautiful. I love that. Well, and as we are, right? Because we're all energy. And imagine how this impacts not just only our personal relationships, but our business relationships with our friendships, with our loved ones and everyone around, anyone that we would meet, right? 
It's like, how open are we to receiving? You think it's something as simple as passing by a quote stranger, which I don't believe there, I I don't ever meet a stranger there. We're all the same for me. Um, But some can't receive smiles, right? They can't receive a, and I don't need to force it on them. It's like, if I don't know what they're going through, it's like, I don't deem them as like, Oh, look at him. What's up with him? Like if he doesn't, or she doesn't receive my smile or my good morning, hello on my walk with my pup. It's like, that's for them. It's like, again, it's like, I don't want to be constantly reacting to whether or not people are receiving me. I just know that I want to receive the abundance and the good that's happening everywhere right now. And that's because you have a genuine generosity that's going in one direction because you're feeling love and surplus. And when you feel love and surplus, then you genuinely share in one direction without any expectation of receiving from that person because you trust, this is what I'm hearing, you trust that you're going to receive from the universe. It doesn't have to come through that person. So right. there's no need to judge that person if they don't respond. It, it, the way I look at it is you send a smile out, it gets planted in their energetic auric field, and it, it will maybe come in later in their day or later in their life or never at all. Doesn't matter. It's none of your business. Your job is to just send it out. And that's what you're doing, which is beautiful. It's so true. Now, if I could only just remember to apply it in the moments when a boyfriend doesn't do something that I thought he should do, but I'll remember these things, right? Because here's the thing, like there's no such thing as perfection. We're all always evolving. I love what you shared earlier. Like when I would say something to Julian in my tight voice, my constricted voice, when I'm feeling overwhelmed, he's like, babe, can I get a redo? Or like, hey, can I talk to the God part of you right now? So it's like you put stress strategies and tools in places that are your resources that he can call on, you can call him, but you've made an agreement in a growth based relationship from the beginning. That's like, Hey, are you on board for me to be honest? Can you receive my feedback right in a moment where it might be the It might matter the most for me, but you might not be able to see. Are you on board for that? It's that same principle that you're recommending in those relationships. You're like, hey, it doesn't mean the relationship has to be over with this friend. But first you want to say, hey, you know, I'm experiencing a disconnect, right? Owning it first. I mean, I'm now basically giving a summary of this entire talk. But what I'm trying to say is there's so many nuggets right here. (laughs) And you could distill them all down to basically take responsibility for your life, you know, first and foremost give way more than you ever hope to receive, you know, and when you do offer feedback, first of all, make, their, make sure there's a container in which they're ready for it and they can actually hear you. Um, and then let all the rest go. Yes. I've one fast tool for checking to see if any friend or partner is available to By receive, all means. which is, Hey, from zero to 10, what is your bandwidth? Meaning 10, you are fully open and you can hear anything because you're in a great space. A one is like, I'm about to go to sleep or I'm angry and I just don't have the capacity. I'm thinking about 12 other things. Like what's your bandwidth right now from one, from zero to 10? And that's been a huge help for us because I'll tell them, I'll say, if I'm at a three, if I am at a three, that's like most people's like point one. Okay. So it's, you better tread carefully, but if I'm at a seven or an eight, like you can say anything to me, even at a five, like you can pretty much say anything to me. Yeah. And also, by the way, you, you make a good point. We don't have to live at a 10 at all times, right? Like Jen Gotch, one of my favorites to follow on social media, and she's very open about bipolarism and that she's been battling that since she was, you know, alive and she's now uh, mid forties. But she was like 7.8. She's got this whole thing around 7.8. She's like, 7.8 is the perfect day. Anything higher, I'm a little uncomfortable. Anything lower, not quite great. 7.8. But I love that because it's like, don't, don't make this crazy pressure to be at a 10 or even a nine. Five's good. Seven's great. Eight and above, amazing, euphoria. But it's this impossible standard to always be measuring if you're always looking for a nine or a 10. More importantly, if you're looking for your partner to be a nine or 10. Yes. Right. Like really allowing them to be okay in a five to a seven range. Like that's good. Right. Cause for most people that's like a nine or a 10. Cause if you're in this work and you're committed to personal development and really growth mindset type of, you know, centric life, a five to a seven for us, like you said earlier, that's awesome. I'll take yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. I'll take it. Oh, that's good. And you can also track it. You can say, Great. Uh, if it starts to dip down in this conversation, please flag it and let me know if your bandwidth starts to get lower and lower so that we can pause. Right. right? We don't have to get through the whole thing right in this moment. We can pause it. We can come back to it later. Love it. I love it. Okay. So we're going to wrap up. I know you have another call and so do I, but, um, 
daily routines to help you optimize your mindset, right? Because it's clear that like you're getting after it and you're exploding right now in a more visible way um, on TV platforms, Entrepreneur Forbes, all that, um, which is amazing. Um, But how do you optimize your mindset? What are your routines on a daily basis? Yeah. The first thing that I do when I wake up in the morning is I put my hand on my heart and on my belly and I say some sort of a gratitude prayer for being alive just the bare minimum. Like it's a great day because I woke up. That's number one. Okay. I woke up, I have a body, my body works, right? I, I say a gratitude for everything from my head down to my toes with my organs and everything. And I send them good vibes. And then I look over and I see my loving partner and I either snuggle up to him or we'd go through a little, you know, hugging thing where we say gratitude for each other. And that I used to wake up and do a Gary V, which is just turn over and look at my phone. And that works for him. That doesn't work for me. It sends me to a weird spot in the morning if I do that. And so, and then we'll meditate. We'll do a little meditation, sometimes 10 minutes, sometimes an hour, but doing a little meditation in the morning to set the day. And the night before I check the calendar. So I already know what I'm doing the day of, right? So I know what's happening on the calendar. And then typically we'll start the the day with a 15 minute check-in meeting to just see, okay, what's on the to-do list, what needs to get done. And so, you know, we get into our logistics a little bit. So the, the, the logic starts to kick into, and I like to do some sort of physical exercise in the mornings also, but I don't have a strong daily practice that happens every single day, except for the waking up in gratitude, because I feel like that's the a number one thing. If you can start there, bare minimum, everything else kind of comes and goes depending on travel or other situations. But that first gratitude moment, everybody can do that. You wake up and just say, I'm grateful to be alive. Yes. That was a game changer for me. Well, I love Gary Vee for a lot of his um, authentic marketing. Like he's all about, if you're going to be on Instagram, share truth, vulnerability, authenticity. But yeah, of course he's a work Horror, um, and I and I don't subscribe to that. Where he thinks no. he'll be doing twenty four seven. Like I know me, I I cut when I. The only way I can align my heart with my mind is if I've got a lot of space in my schedule and I'm taking care of of myself. Um, so I put my phone to bed in a drawer in the dresser across the room. I can't get to it, and so I do the same thing. I flood myself with gratitude with every little basal reason to be grateful because I feel like if I start there, that the day is made. Everything else is great. Everything is made. <laughs> My day is just perfect. Um, okay. So the reason why, and we're about to wrap up, but um, two more things. One is the reason why I created this podcast is because I have a, a strong sense of fulfillment on a daily basis. And I am extremely grateful to be there. It's not always, but it's very consistent. And I know these things get me there. So that was the purpose is like, how do I help more people feel a better and stronger sense of everyday fulfillment? But everyone's got a different definition of it. So I'd love to hear what yours is. Of fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, this is a great question. It's just so many answers coming in. I'm, I'm going to say that my definition of fulfillment has to do with living the life that God gave me. So really being all of who I am unapologetically in the world, free from shame, free from guilt, free from any kind of negativity and negative self-talk, and just really sharing my gifts with the world. And some people love that about me and some people really hate that about me. (laughs) And you know what? I'm okay with all of it because I feel totally free. I feel I'm in a relationship where I'm 100% accepted because I 100% accept myself. I know my shortcomings. I know I can get controlling. I know that I get little nitpicky things going on. And that's okay. I love that about myself because I'm human. And so fulfillment to me means living in freedom, being 100% myself and sharing the biggest vision I can with the world. Oh, I love that. So girl, you're being asked to step up right now. So continue to say yes, right? Yes. Ah, and then share with us publicly what that's like, because that's the journey that I I would so be behind you on. Like literally like just like, yes, number one cheerleader, because um, that's what we all want to hear. We want to hear, right? It looks so easy and fancy when we see you on Entrepreneur as a contributing writer, being highlighted in Forbes magazine, but it's like the journey to get there, that stuff behind the scenes in real time when it feels scary and you're being stretched beyond what's comfortable or known. That's the magic. I so appreciate that reminder. 
Thank you. Mm, well, yeah. my goodness. I mean, I just was reminded to do it by someone else. And I was like, that I can do. You mean I'm scared to launch the podcast? So if I share that today that we launch, people will want to hear that and then actually give me a little bit more space to grow and get better in front of them. Yes. In fact, now they've been asked to do that and they want to do that. Yes which is beautiful. All right. For um, anyone who wants to hire you, learn more about your retreats and programs and services, where's the best place to reach you? The best place is always our website, marlamattinson.com and social media, Instagram and Facebook. It's all under your name. It's under my name. And also we have the intimacy experts on Instagram and that's just a really fun, and also on Pinterest, actually, it's a really fun uh, way to connect and we respond to every message. So Anytime you send a message, we will definitely respond. Oh, that's way cool. I love that. And it's so great that you guys are so accessible. Um, you had actually just posted on Instagram a couple of days ago. You said, if you want to experience unconditional love in your relationship, you must be unconditional love. And it's so simple, right? The most trite things in life are always like the, the biggest truths. So I love that we've had this conversation because I feel like now, as I look back on that comment that I, of course I loved, I'm like, that's who you are. It's why you've been doing this for 23 years and you've been able to make such an impact on so many people's lives. And I just wish you continued success and fulfillment. And I want, definitely want to get that coffee with you in Venice. <laughs> definitely. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, my pleasure. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And thank you again for coming on the Mindset Mashup. Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard today, please share it with a friend and you can head on over to iTunes to leave me a review. That would be so appreciated. And of course, if you'd like to reach me directly with any comments, questions, or feedback, you can do so at themindsetmashup.com. Thanks again for listening and I look forward to hearing from you.